Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Happy to be here. And, well, this is an interesting day here in the Catholic Cafe because we have a we have a sit-in I guess it's a sit-in not a stand he's a stand-in but he's a stand-in sit-in sidekick Tom Dorton couldn't be with us but we have Bobby John hello Deacon Jeff Bobby John I'm so glad that you would join us here in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe well thank you for having me so um, now I will just tell everyone who's listening it's not always true what your mom says you should listen to your mom but my mom always told me that Someone who has two first names, you don't trust them, Bobby oh, no. and John. You, but John is the most trust, trustworthy name out there. Uh, you know what? As a matter of fact, John the Evangelist, we read his words, uh, oh, every once in a while in the Bible, don't we? That's right. Well, good, but uh, I don't know if there's a St. Bobby, but uh, I guess Robert Bellaman is a good guy. So, yeah, so we have uh, Bobby John. And, Bobby, I know that you're not used to doing this, so I'm going to, like, um, you know, point at you. When I point at you, that's when you start talking. Okay. All right, very good. So well, we're going to test it. Ready, set. Hello. See, perfect. That was right. Now, y'all didn't see it at home, but I was pointing at Bobby. Anyway, Bobby, thanks for being here, sitting in for Tom, because we have, a, a, uh, I think, a cool show today. We're going to talk about something that everyone knows. They hear these words. They know the Holy Spirit, right? We talk right. about the Holy Spirit. We've done a couple of shows on the Holy Spirit. We really haven't stopped and said, well, who is the Holy Spirit? In fact... We want to, like, today we're going to bring in the, the good old-fashioned Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a friend of mine who um, tells me all kinds of stuff, like, well, y- y'all want to talk about this, and y'all talk about that. And the last three times I've been together with him, he's like, you need to talk about the Holy Ghost. It's like, all right, John, we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. Just don't hear the ghost that often. Well, anymore. you know, that's and that's the way it used to be. And spirit, of course, you know, is a, a modernization of, um, of ghost. Right, and I, I know that we're not we're, we're not talking about Halloween ghosts, right? We're talking about the Holy right. Spirit, and so we can refer to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Ghost. You know, some, if you want to get old fashioned, oh yeah, There's nothing wrong with a little bit of Holy Ghost in your life. I right? like the ghost, especially this time of year. We, That's right. As you get closer to Halloween, you think about that. It's a, it's a good kind of ghost. That's right. Well, you know, we're going to talk about the um, the Holy Spirit, especially because it's so important. I think in our Catholic faith that we that we evangelize. Right, we're talk, we, we talk um, or hear about the new evangelization. John Paul II sort of put it out there, you know, new art or new methods, right? And, and, and so we're starting to think the new evangelization. And then also I, I think that Pope Benedict continued that process, and then really Pope Francis is living it out. And so many people keep hearing it and probably have questions on exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, what does it mean to, to the new evangelization? And I think a lot of people get the wrong idea. That they're sort of out there on their own. Right. Yeah, and, and that's, um, I don't know, it seems like that sometimes you think, well, I'm out here and I'm getting ready to say something that's, you know, a message that's countercultural, a message that, uh, while true, is not well received. You know, we don't get a lot of love back when we're talking to people, when we're evangelizing all the time. Yeah. And a lot of times you can feel kind of lonely. Oh, yeah. Right? Cause, and, and that leads to other problems. For instance... You know, I'm kind of scared of evangelizing, so I hang out with people that think like I do. Yeah, I think we're all scared of that. That's right. So we don't want to go anywhere. We want to stay in where it's safe. 
So we get involved in our, our church clubs, our church groups, our Bible studies or whatever with like-minded people. And there's really not a lot of challenge there sometimes. Yeah, same and, group of people. And it's good, and it's good for us to, to be with people that are like-minded, you know, to kind of build our strength and confidence. But the reality is when we go out there, we have to get past the notion that we're by ourselves because we're not. True. Who, who's with us, Bobby? John, pointing at you. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay, but who else is with us? The Holy Spirit is right, always exactly. with us. Oh, yeah. actually, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is with us, and that's and that's important. And I think a lot of people need to realize that. So we're going to talk a little bit about who is the Holy Ghost, who is the Holy Spirit. And I, we want to get past one thing right off the bat. And I think that there's a, there's a lot of folks, there's a lot of error out there in the world, right? And a lot of people will recognize the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, and they'll, and they'll think, well, the Holy Spirit is like, uh, like a force, like electricity. Okay. You know, electricity is a force. Sure. Right? It it powers things. It makes it so that things can... Can't see it, but we know it's there. That's right. We can feel it, certainly. Sure. Right? You know, we get shocked. And a lot of people will compare the Holy Spirit to electricity. Okay, I like that. Yeah, except it's a problem. Because does does electricity know who Bobby John is? No. That's exactly right. And, and it is it, it does not discriminate. It doesn't care. True. It doesn't think. It's it's directed by someone who uses it, right? By the lines that we lay or, or whatever, but it's not um, it doesn't have it, it doesn't think, it doesn't feel. And see that's the problem. If we start to look at the Holy Spirit as um, a, a force, like the wind or electricity or something like that, you know, then we're sort of I guess we're losing an entire dimension of the personhood of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Because if you stop and think about it, we have no problems in the world, do we, praying to God, the Father. No, that's easy. Right. So we pray to God the Father because God the Father, you know, he's like our dad. He's like he's like our father. And so um, we we go to our father when we have need something big. Yep. Right. Dad is always the guy when we were growing up that we could run to. Uh, if something big needed to happen, you know, the, the one that the, we could count on to put the roof over our heads, to bring the, the bacon home that we were able to eat and survive. And and also we kind of felt, um, I don't know, protected by dad. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, so God, the father is kind of like that in our lives as we as when we're praying for, I don't know, we're, we want to move a mountain. We need a miracle. Right. We need we're we're in bad financial shape. We need something that's going to fix everything. We we need our confidence back. We we want a cure for cancer. Whatever it is that we're looking for that's big, it's so easy to say, Heavenly Father, please, Dad, Dad, help me. Exactly, give me some money. Exactly. I need something right now, and only you can give it to me. So we have no problem praying to to God the Father. Right. And in the same way, we have no problem praying to God the Son. You know, when you're looking for a friend, someone to put their arm around you, someone to walk side by side, someone who, you know, is God, but at the same time is fully That's man. Fully human, been here. That's right. Walked the earth, knows what it's like, knows the feeling, knows pain. And, you know, and to, to, in that sense, it's so easy for us to reach out to pray to Jesus. Yeah. He's our brother. And, you know, and so we have God the Father, we have God the Son. We think everything is covered at that point. Very true. And yet, there's a third person in the Blessed Trinity, and that's God the Holy Spirit. Right. And I want to get past the idea that God the Holy Spirit is an it. Every once in a while, we refer to it as the Spirit. And I even make hmm. that mistake every once in a while. We have to remember that Scripture always refers to the Holy Spirit as He, as a person. Sure. So as we start to look um, and we're starting to pray, 
we start to realize that we can actually pray to the Holy Spirit as a person. Yeah, not as a dove, maybe. Like well, exactly. You, you now, say that's as right. A dove. And, and he is he is um, he is revealed to us in the form of a dove in Scripture. Right. He's revealed to us in the form of flames or fire right. in the Scriptures, and yet he's a person. Yeah. And if we just stuck to like when we go home to the fireplace praying to the fire, we might be. People might look at us kind of funny. That's true. That's right, because we think that's just fire. You know, oh, spirit of fire or whatever. We can, we can very easily fall off the rails. And it's so much easier if we just remember that the Holy Spirit is a person. Yeah. Right? Now, so let's talk about the person of the Holy Spirit and some of the qualities. First and foremost, we want to know and agree that the Holy Spirit is God. Right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Right. And we have to understand that that beautiful Christian mystery of the, the blessed Trinity, that God revealed himself as a, as a Trinity, as a family of persons, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right. not Father, Son, and oh, they got this weapon of the Holy Spirit that they, they're going to plug him into the wall and all of a sudden he's going to shock everybody, yeah. right? It's the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a he. Scripture calls him a he. And so we can reach out to him, to okay. the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that makes it easier. Yeah, right, exactly. A lot of people don't think that way, but knowing that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, that he's not like electric current or, or a magical force or a bolt of, of holy lightning or whatever, Right. then we understand that then we have another person that we can turn to. And I think that does make it easier to pray to the Holy Spirit, to think of him. Exactly right. And we, and we don't. We, we don't often. And I think it's one of the things we need to kind of sort of revisit right. uh, what we do in our lives and, and how, we, um, how we pray. Because, again... It's easy to pray to the Father, easy to pray to the Son. It all makes sense. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we sort of get a little baffled. Yeah. How would you pray to the fire or to a dove or to, right? And so you start to realize, well, hold on. If the Holy Spirit is a person, I can pray to the Holy Spirit. Right. And so what's the Holy Spirit going to give us when we pray? And that's, that's where we're going to kind of focus our attention now, right? Okay. So we know that the Holy Spirit is God. We know that he's a person in the Trinity, the third person of the Blessed Trinity. So what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, in many places in Scripture, we get the, the, the idea Jesus sends us the Holy Spirit because he's going to lead us into truth. Okay. Right? So the Holy Spirit is presented to us as the person in the Trinity who's going to lead us into truth. And so the idea is that he leads us. He takes us on a journey. And, and again, when you're evangelizing, you have to realize you're not alone. And saying a quick prayer to the Holy Spirit before you talk to somebody who's not Catholic, before you talk to somebody who's not even Christian, before you talk to somebody who doesn't believe in God, saying a quick prayer to the Holy Spirit and asking him to be with you, to lead you into all truth, doesn't mean that you're going to be infallible and all of a sudden Bobby John's the Pope. Right. Although in your, your household, I'm sure you tell everyone that you're <laughs> the Holy like Father, to, right? Yeah. We all want to be a Holy Father, but yes. not the Holy Father, right? Yes. So, But praying to the Holy Spirit suddenly gives you... Um, divine help right right in your conversation and so he leads you into all truth and and jesus promised that the church teaches that and so understanding that quality of the holy spirit that's powerful it is that's powerful i'm I'm sure you've you've evangelized in some form and fashion right you've talked to other folks and do do you get a sense that man if i only knew all the truth and i could help them understand that truth i mean do you feel that way when you're talking to them yeah and even you know starting with the family and before I have a serious conversation with one of my children, I, I ask the Holy Spirit for help. Exactly. Be a part of the conversation. And, 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 then, and that's so powerful for us to understand um, that 
if we're praying to the Holy Spirit, he's going to he's going to walk alongside. He's going to be with. He's going to lead us. Right. And that's so powerful um, because, again, you don't want to be on your own. If you evangelize and you're on your own, you're in trouble. What's a failure already? And first of all, what are you evangelizing? You're not even sharing anything. You're sharing what's on your mind and maybe not what the Holy Spirit needs you to share. Exactly right. You're no longer an instrument. So. Right. We have more to talk about uh, with the Holy Spirit, all these attributes of the Holy Spirit that are going to help us in evangelization. Before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we have a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bester Zemski. And this is another great moment in church history. Born in England in the late 7th century, a man named Winfrith felt called to the monastic life and joined the Benedictines at an early age. It was not long before he flourished in the faith and became recognized as a powerful conduit for the Holy Spirit to all those he encountered. Tradition tells us that the Pope himself changed Winfrith's name to Boniface, a name that means good fortune. St. Boniface was very well thought of in the Catholic Church in England and would have most definitely excelled there, but he felt a burning desire to carry the gospel message to those who were not yet Christians. He focused his attention on continental Europe, where a colorful array of pagan religions was beginning to take root. With an evangelistic zeal, he crossed the seas and found himself settled in Germany, where he went to work straight away sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. One story is told of how St. Boniface had become so distressed by the pagan worship of trees in Germany that he decided to go to the public square and cut down a giant oak tree dedicated to the god Thor. The townspeople looked on in horror, fully expecting Thor to avenge the horrid deed and punish St. Boniface. But nothing happened. They became convinced that the God of St. Boniface, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was the one true God. Many were converted to Christianity because of this one simple act on the part of St. Boniface. As St. Boniface entered his 80s, he resigned all his positions of leadership and once again went back to his roots of the simple missionary life. Though he was advanced in years, he was still a compelling force for the church. He converted many to Catholicism, but at the same time made his enemies all the more jealous of his successes for God. In 754, St. Boniface and 53 of his followers were murdered by a band of pagans determined to stop the continuing spread of Catholicism. Without any resistance whatsoever, they quietly laid down their lives for Christ and his church. St. Boniface was lovingly referred to as the Apostle of the Germans. Recalling the years that St. Boniface worked in Germany, a well-known German church historian stated, To us, this was a period of light, when the light of the gospel and of Christian civilization came to us. The feast day of St. Boniface is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 4th. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, joined here with Bobby John, a man with two first names. 
Always good. Yeah, always good for those who have two first names, right? You can't change that now. Well, I guess you could legally change, but mom wouldn't be happy. Dad wouldn't sure. be happy, right? The, the family history would be suddenly interrupted. And But we're glad that you're here. Thank Bobby you. John. I appreciate um, it. Sitting good in to be for here. Tom, and we, uh, we uh, hope Tom comes back soon, and he will. Hopefully, he's a little short jail term, I think. Is, yeah. He needs a little bit larger space than I do. Yeah, exactly right. I'm glad you're here in the luxurious corner booth, and I'm sure that where he was sitting, there's like a big indentation. Yes, so you can very comfortable. Nestle in very <laughs> Good deal. So, um, Bobby, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, having the Holy Spirit with us in evangelization. Right. We really can't do it without him. Oh, no. But to know that he is God and know that he is a he, a thing, right. is not what he is. A person. Right? He's a person. Right? And so then also to know that he leads us into all truth yes and another attribute of his is that he protects right he he's hmm. he protects the teaching of the church that jesus jesus said the the gates of hell would not prevail against it but he right. didn't tell why the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against the church when he was talking to saint peter and what we know is that the holy spirit protects the the, the truth he's the guardian of truth so not only does he lead us into truth but he protects and guards and makes sure that uh, that popes don't teach in error, that the church doesn't teach in error. And so to be a guardian and a protector, that's a good thing, isn't it? Oh, yes. Because if you're, if you're walking along and um, uh, you don't have a protector or a guardian, I mean, you're vulnerable. That's right. And in, in a sense, when you're evangelizing, you, you become vulnerable to error. Yeah. So it's obviously good to have a protector along. And so that quality, that attribute of the Holy Spirit, his, his divine protection of what we're teaching, of what we're breathing, of what we're saying, of what we're doing. That's a powerful thing. Again, that doesn't mean that we're infallible. Right. Because as humans, we, we definitely have definitely uh, sinful mistakes. inclinations. We do make mistakes. But the reality is if uh, the more that we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit, the more that we allow him to work through us, that we become an instrument and, and that we are a conduit for the Holy Spirit, the more truth is going to be protected right, right? And, and presented to those who are in need, right, in the an evangelistic zeal that we that we love to have. Now, another quality that the Holy Spirit has is that He inspires. Now, we've all heard of that. In fact, the word "inspire," right? I mean, it has that same Latin root as "spirit," sure. right? So, to inspire is to um, uh, to present the Holy Spirit, right, or to to receive the Holy Spirit. And so, the Holy Spirit then inspires us, and we look at. We look at things in, in um, especially in our our, uh, our religious history, we see sacred scripture, and we, we teach that it was inspired, so that the men that would it, would, it was written from the the hand or the pen of a man, right? All the the different people that were involved in writing right. um, sacred scripture, and yet it is divinely inspired. So God uh, sent His Holy Spirit upon. Uh, the writers of the Gospels, the writers of uh, uh, all the different letters, the writers of the prophets and all these, that God would inspire them, right? That's the Holy Spirit at work. That's the truth. Exactly right. So we know, that's why we know that Scripture is true, right? Because it is a gift, a revelation of God himself, and if God is all truth, then what we reveal about God, or actually what he has revealed about himself, is true. And it's the Holy Spirit that would guide and direct um, the the like well the four evangelists the gospels right there's a great painting and it shows um, uh, you know an angel essentially whispering into the ear of one of the gospel writers right and that's kind of a neat image and understanding that the Holy Spirit uh, s- speaks directly to 
um, the the writers so that they know what to say. It's still sort of written in their tongue or in their culture, sure. their language, the way they speak. And I think sometimes that what, when we are talking to others, when we're evangelizing, I can definitely feel when while the words are mine, the yeah. humor's mine, the the inflection, the voice, it's all mine. What's happening though is the Holy Spirit is moving through me. The the important part of what you're saying comes from the Holy Spirit. Exactly right. But it's from Deacon Jeff. Yeah, exactly. So I'm the I'm the instrument. Right. And it happens to you, Bobby, I'm sure, when you're talking to folks and you can actually feel when the Holy Spirit's present. Oh, you, you sure can. I've, it's a, I've noticed that. It's a for powerful sure. feeling that, that that when he's there. Now, another thing that the Holy Spirit does and I love this, the, the idea that the Holy Spirit moves us. You what know, do you mean? I was moved by the Spirit. Now, what, you know, what, to, what move means, I mean, it's to be in motion, right? Mm-hmm. Well, rarely, I, in fact, I think never does the Holy Spirit say, you know, Deacon Jeff, I want you just to sit there and don't say anything. Shut your mouth and uh, I'll take care of everything. Right. I don't want you to use your mouth. I don't want you to go anywhere. In fact, that's quite the opposite of like, well, Jesus sent us in the Great Commission. He said, go therefore, go. right? Sure. He wanted, uh, wanted us to uh, make disciples of all nations, teaching them all that he commanded us. Right. And that there's, there's movement involved. There's going. Yep. Well, the Holy Spirit, I think, is he's the one that picks us up and moves us. He causes us to move. Right. Not right. physically, like we're not floating or anything like that. Well, some of us do, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I get really holy, Bobby, when I'm praying at I home, can, you know, maybe praying before a meal, you that'd know, be dinner. scary. I, exactly. <laughs> oh, Dad's levitating again. Exactly. No, but I guess the point is, it causes he causes us to go forth. Right. He's the uh, the catalyst. He's the one that's moving us. Right. Right. Inspiring us, protecting us, leading us. But really giving us that impetus to move. To do it. Right. To, to, right, to be in motion. Because the, the gospel is something that is in motion. It's, evangelization involves motion, right? It, it involves you going out. Yep. You can't really evangelize yourself. You can't evangelize from, uh, well, you know, from your, from your home. You can in the sense that you want to evangelize your family, right? You start oh, yeah. there. That's where you but start. also you can do evangelization from your family, which may be through the Internet or through the phone or, or uh, even in a, uh, like a cloistered prayerful situation. Sure. Still, all of those involve movement. They involve you doing something right. and reaching out beyond your immediate location, your sure. immediate uh, circumstances, your immediate environment. And that's important. Fair. So the Holy Spirit moves us, right? And then, of course, another one that I want to talk about is the fact that the Holy Spirit transforms. Okay. Right? He, when, we, when the Holy Spirit dwells in us, he, it's not like there's no effect. Remember, we've talked about Eucharist, right? We've talked about uh, Jesus, how Jesus transforms us, especially through the Eucharist, that when we, you, you know the expression, you are what you eat. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, if, if, if you eat the Eucharist, you become more Eucharistic. You become more divine. You don't become God. Right. But you taste of the divine nature. Right. And so the qualities of divinity. Sure right. Will transform and change you to be holier, to be a better person. And in the same way, if you let the Holy Spirit into your heart and you let him dwell there, mm-hmm. he will transform you. Oh, yeah. You will be a person of inspiration, a person of motion, a person uh, you know, who is led into all truth. You will be a truthful person. You will be a better person because he's transforming and changing you. And that's a powerful thing to, to look back on. And, and that's an awesome part of who the Holy Spirit is and oh, what yeah. he does, right? He doesn't just, um, um, you know, the Boy Scouts uh, motto, one of, the, one of their f- phrases is leave no trace. 
Well, the Holy Spirit would be a bad Boy Scout. Oh, yeah. Right? Because he leaves a trace. Right? He, he changes what he, what he touches right. and, where he, and where he dwells. He changes. He transforms. And that's a powerful thing that we can count on. Now, I think the last attribute I want to talk about with the Holy Spirit is the fact that he brings life. Hmm. Right? And, and that's powerful. If you stop and think about when the Holy Spirit has appeared uh, in Scripture and, and when he has appeared in our human existence... Right in in creation, he was present there at creation. We hear uh, at the very beginning in Genesis that the Spirit, oh yeah, right, moved across the waters. Yeah, right. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was present at the at the time of creation. You don't think of it that way. You don't often think that, but the Holy Spirit was there. Sure, right. So he br- he brought life. Right, God, um, the Father, and God the Son loved each other with such intensity that it spirates the Holy Spirit. And that is that sort of gift of creation, that gift of life. He is the creator. He is the gift of life. And oh, he yeah. brings life to every situation in which he's invited into. That's a beautiful way to think of it. That's right. And so creation started with the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus's public ministry, when he was baptized, you know, you mentioned the dove, right? right? And we see the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus. The Holy Spirit was there at the beginning of Jesus's public ministry. He brought life Right. The very life, the very breath of God is the Holy Spirit. And he brought life to Jesus' public ministry, as well as to the beginning of the church at Pentecost. Oh, yeah. The Holy Spirit came in, in tongues of fire on the heads of the apostles. That's right? right. And so there he is at the beginning. So where there is life anew, the Holy Spirit is there. And so we can mm-hmm. also know that throughout our lives, the Holy Spirit brings life to us. Yeah. So we have to stop and think. Do we really involve the Holy Spirit in our evangelization? Do we really involve the Holy Spirit in our very lives, in all the things that we do, so that we are better people, better Christians, that we are better friends, better fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, you know, children, that we are the best version of ourselves we can be? Not like some kind of self-help, you know, book or whatever. This isn't self-help. This is above We're being assisted. Exactly. We're being assisted by God himself. Right. In the person of the Holy Spirit in everything that we do. And that's... That is so powerful oh, yeah. to know. And we don't want to underrate. We don't want to underuse. We don't want to underutilize. We don't want to underappreciate the Holy Spirit. Use everything that we can. That's right. And, you know, and so often the Holy Spirit is ignored. And that's so sad. Oh, it is. Because he's got such great plans for us. I know I won't he, ignore he won't, him, Oh, Of course you won't. You're already kind of filled with the Spirit. Every time I see you, I get this big, <laughs> oh, big grin you. on your face. And I think that you uh, really have the Holy Spirit present with you. And. But everyone, our listeners really need to understand how important praying to the Holy Spirit is, calling upon the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and really making room in your heart, in your very soul, for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Bobby, I think to close out, we close in prayer. I want, I want to do this Come Holy Ghost song. Oh, great. Right? It's a prayer in of itself. Right. Come Holy Ghost, Creator blessed, and in our hearts take up thy rest. Come with thy grace and heavenly aid to fill the hearts which thou hast made. O Comforter, to thee we cry, thou heavenly gift of God most high, thou fount of life and fire of love and sweet anointing from above. Praise be to thee, Father and Son and Holy Spirit, three in one, and may the Son in us bestow the gifts that from the Spirit flow. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. 
Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. 